Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. Thank you guys this morning. Um, so I'm just going to share a few stories from my squad leading experience. Um, we call them squads. They're about groups of 40 people that go on these trips. We had 41 uh, with five alumni team leaders that had gone on the trip before to start with, and they left after about three months, and there was me and two co-leaders that we got to stay on the field with these 18 to 20-year-olds for nine months. We traveled to four different countries. We went to Ecuador, Peru, Guatemala, and Cambodia, and we spent a week in Thailand to debrief on our way home. It was kind of vacation. It was cheaper flights from Thailand than Cambodia, so we got lucky. Um, so I just want to share a couple of stories of how God used our group just in the ways we stepped out in faith and got to see God work. Um, I was mainly over a group of eight guys. They're one, the youngest was 17 when we started, and the oldest was 21 when we finished. And we were in Guatemala, and we were doing village ministry. We were doing what we called an activation day. So what we'd do is we'd do a teaching in the morning by some staff, and then we would go out and do what we taught. And so in the morning, it was a teaching on intimacy with God. In the afternoon, we'd step out, drive up to a village, and we'd just say, hey, God, what do you want us to do? Where are we supposed to go? Who are we supposed to talk to? And one of the guys was like, I really have this feeling we're supposed to follow these birds. They're like, Okay, Carter, birds. No one else had anything that they felt like we were supposed to do. It was just Holy Spirit-led. So we started following these birds, and it was up to a new village that no one from this mission field had ever been to. And these are Mayan people that we were like, all right, we're going to go spend some time with these people. We start walking through this village, spend about 15 minutes on the roadside, and we're just like, all right, what house are we supposed to go to? We start walking around the corner, and we see a man that's on crutches. We're like, okay, I think we're supposed to talk with him. One of the guys, Caleb, was like, I want to pray over his foot. So we start asking him, what happened to your leg? He said nine days earlier, his horse fell on him and broke his foot. He was in an immense amount of pain, and he couldn't put any weight on it. We're like, all right, can we pray for you? He's like, of course. I would love for you to pray for me. We're like, okay. So we sat, laid our hands on him, and he said, Caleb was the one who began to pray, and he said, God, can you bring healing to this man. We believe in you. We accept that you are God who heals. And we're like, okay, amen. We're like, sir, is there less pain? He's like, no, it feels about the same. We're like, okay, we believe God is a God who heals. We're going to pray until God heals. So we prayed again. Same prayer, very simple. And the guy was like, it doesn't hurt as bad. We're like, okay, not as bad. Does it still hurt? He was like, yeah, it still hurts. We're like, all right, well, we prayed again. Prayed again, and after this prayer, he was like, I don't feel any pain. Like, you don't feel any pain? He starts putting weight on his foot. He's like, very skeptically, because like, it hurt a lot before, broken foot. So he starts putting weight on his foot, and he's like, it doesn't hurt when I put weight on my foot. Like, okay. So he says, thank you so much. And we're like, no, this is all God. We didn't do anything. We just felt like we were supposed to pray for you. We leave, walk to another house, spend a time with a family, help them <laughs> decob some corn, and then start walking back. We walked by his house. He didn't see us, 
but he was holding his crutch under his arm and walking around normally. He didn't see us. He was honestly in no pain. It was totally God, but it was healed. Another thing, something my mentor Kate taught us, she's pretty much our boss. Um, we were sitting in Guatemala around the dinner table one time and she was talking about how in Exodus, Moses was promised to see the promised land. He's like, the Israelites, you guys are going to go see the promised land. It's going to be fantastic. Later on, they send people into the promised land. There's 12 guys. They selected one from each tribe to go and see if everything was good. They come back. Two of them say, it's phenomenal. There's so much. Like, we will be in abundance when we get across that river. The other 10 are like, there are giants. There are horrible men there. We are going to die. And so... Moses listens to the ten guys instead of the two and sears fear instead of what his God has promised to him. And so then they end up wandering in the desert for 40 years. Well, at the end of Deuteronomy, it says that God led Moses to a high mountain and said, see, this is all the promised land that you can see. This is what I promised to you. You can see it, but you cannot enter it. Well, in Matthew... Awkward Bible opening transition. Um, Matthew 17, it's the mountain of transfiguration. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, his brother, and he led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah. And taking with him, and Peter said, to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And he was still speaking with them. Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And um, it says, <laughs> When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise I have no, and have no fear. And they lifted up their eyes and saw no one but Jesus only. The Mount of Transfiguration was in the Promised Land. Moses was redeemed by Christ and was able to enter the Promised Land in that moment. So, back on my race, um, when I went on the 11-month, 11-country, 11 uh, it was about two weeks in. And I was in Colombia, and I got a phone call about 11 o'clock at night from my dad, and he told me that he had cancer. And that began a long process of where it was a wrestling of, am I supposed to stay on the field? Am I supposed to be at home? And it was the battle of where I'm called to be and where I thought I wanted to be. And we do this trip called PVT. It's a parent vision trip where the parents get to come to the field for a week and do ministry with us. We were doing one in Romania for my trip, and my dad ended up being in the hospital and getting out three weeks before that trip. He was not cleared to come to Romania. And at the beginning of my gap year experience where I was a leader, they told me, like, oh, and you get to invite your parents to PVT. How exciting is that? And I was like, I get to invite my parents, and I'm a leader? And I was like, my dad didn't get to come. They were in the hospital like, and couldn't come. And so I invited my parents, and it brought so much redemption that 
they were able to come and do ministry alongside me on this trip with my people that I love and got to care for through me and see that in a new place. And it was really neat. And one of the reasons they got to do that is because of how much you guys supported me and funded me and it brought redemption to my family. So thank you guys. Today, um, the whole day represents a lot about what um, freedom has been about since, since day one and what God has been doing. Um, before I jump into what we're going to talk about today, and we're going to talk about baptism today, um, Zach Schwartzkopf, I'm going to um, ask you to help me. You're sitting closest to a box. No, stay right there. You're sitting next to a box that has a bunch of square little invitation cards so when you're a mobile church and you do setup, there's like lots of little things that are going on and then your brain has a fart and then it's like, oh wait, I forgot to set these out. So um, what I wanted to do today, part of what I wanted to do today was pass out um, some invitation cards. So Zach, what I'm going to ask you to do and anyone, if you want to help them out, take one and just like pass a stack down the row or something. And then if you, everyone, if you want to take one and then if you don't want to keep all the extras, you can just set it down on the ground next to the chair and we'll pick them up afterwards. What he's passing out are invitation cards to the series that's coming up in September. I'm going to talk about it a little bit today. We're going to start a series called Whatever It Takes, the subtitle, Facing Our Doubt, Fear, and Inadequacy Head On. Um, so these cards will serve as two things. One, maybe it's a reminder that church is coming next Sunday, and this is what we're talking about, and you're like, oh yeah, here's what I want to know. The other is, hey, take this with you. I usually keep one or two in my wallet, and you just never know. You never know what God's going to be up to during the day and, and, and who he puts in your life, and you're like, hey, you can do exactly what it says on the back of the card. Come and check it out. I've used that phrase so many times with people who are like, hey, I've heard about Freedom Church. And I'm like, hey, just come and check it out. Um, and you'll know. You'll know if this is a good, uh, a good fit for you. So I want to jump into a verse that when I preached one of the very first messages at Freedom, it was surrounding one of the first messages that Jesus ever preached. It was in Luke chapter 4. When Jesus first started his, his preaching and teaching ministry, and it'll be up on the screen if, if you don't have it with you. But it says, this is Jesus talking. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. Now he's reading out of an Old Testament verse. It's found in Isaiah. You'll have a little asterisk next to your Bible verse pointing back to Isaiah. And he says, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free. And I see that very much as the mission and the message of Freedom Church. To proclaim the message of Jesus, but to let, it know, let people know that, that freedom is found in Him and only Him. And so I see a lot of that today, and I see that a lot of what, how God has worked in my life since we started. Um, if I could just do a little time of confession. We started Freedom Church in 2018, January 2018. I didn't want to start Freedom Church. 
I did not, it wasn't in my plans. <laughs> and I wasn't really like, oh yeah, I want a church plant. I want to quit the church where I'm working and start another one in the same town. Not at all what I planned nor what I wanted. And I'll share one story with you about just how God has kind of confirmed some things throughout this time. This was more than a year before we started in January 2018. And we were, in an, we were interviewing at other churches in the Midwest. That's kind of where I'm from. And we had been in several um, interview processes looking for jobs. And it would seem like everyone was like, this is the right one. And then out of nowhere, it would just boom, door was shut. And you're like, ah, oh, what's going on? What are you doing, God? You're, you're like toying with us. I mean, just we're on this job hunt and it's just, it's not working. And then somewhere in that time, someone talked to my wife and said, what, what is the church that you're kind of looking for? What, you know, what, what's the vision that you and Mike kind of have for a church? Does that even exist? And we were kind of like, I... I don't know. No, not really. I don't know. And they're like, well, maybe you guys should just start it. And again, this is well in advance, and this is not in the plans, and senior pastor was not on my list that I wanted to, to be. And they was like, we wanted to like, punch the guy in the face. Like, how dare you? How rude. Like, no way. Uh-uh. Not happening. How dare you suggest anything like that? And so Reed and I, we talked afterwards after she'd had this conversation and we're just kind of same thing. Like, that guy's so, so dumb. Like, why would he even say anything like that? Ha, 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 no way. Never. Then a few days passed by and I can still remember the exact same spot on Trinity where I was driving by and this thought, I was by myself, but this thought just kind of came by. I was kind of having this conversation with God and just out of nowhere, it was like, hey, if you did have your own church, Freedom would be a good name for Freedom Church. And I'm like, ha, 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 God, no, uh-uh. Not happening. I get home, and I remember the exact same spot where we were sitting in our bedroom, Rita and I talking, and she just randomly brings up, she said, hey, you know what? I was, not that we'd ever start a church, but if we started a church, I thought of a name. And I'm like, okay, how, what are the odds of that happening? That Like, you're, get away from me. And I said, that's interesting because I was just driving in the car and I thought of a name too. So you, you, tell, you tell me, you go first. What do you think she said when she said the name? Freedom. Freedom. We about punched each other in the face. <laughs> I, we weren't studying the word freedom. We've never been to a freedom church. There are other freedom churches that, that exist, but it wasn't like it was on our radar, our thing. At the time, we about threw up in our mouths and just like, no way, God, never, because it wasn't even on our radar. But when the time came and it became clear that this is how God was leading, it was a moment for us, a God moment for us that we'll keep with us forever to say, no, we can point back and say God was, was working something back here. And we've seen him working stuff every step of the way. And even when we started Freedom Church, I didn't really want to start it. Because I knew me. I've never done anything like this before. I don't have it in me. I have a lot of doubts. I have a lot of fears, God. 
I mean, this thing could just fall flat. I don't know how it's going to go. And I've had several people, you guys are so encouraging, who come to me and say, Mike, I've seen it all along. I mean, this is so awesome. I love Freedom Church. I knew it, that God was just going to work through this and God was going to do something. But guess what? I didn't. A lot of the times the view that I have, and I appreciate the encouragement. I need the encouragement. You need the encouragement. We need these things in our lives. But a lot of times our view is what? What we see, what we say, what we think about ourselves. That's why I need this message series just as much as you and I. You need this message series, and we need this message series, and Los Alamos needs this message. You have what it takes now. You have what you need now. You have fears, you have doubts, you have inadequacies. But if you are willing to take your next step, you have what it takes right now. Even when Jesus got baptized, and we're going to look at this, this, you see people all throughout the scriptures that have to deal with this and take their next steps of faith despite their doubts. And that almost seems like who God went after, who Jesus went after. He would always go after the overwhelmed, the oppressed, as it said, the overlooked, the outcasts, and say, you. I pick you. No, 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 not me. <laughs> I'm the, like the last one on the list. Yes, you. So I, we're going to look at people in this series and starting today who seemingly didn't have what it took to be used by God, yet were picked every single time to say, yes, I've, I've picked you. And I hope it challenges you to take your next steps to be used by God. Let's look at Jesus getting baptized in Matthew chapter 3. It says this, Then Jesus went to Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. Now let me just pause right there. I'm a preacher, so I can barely make it through a verse without talking about it. But we just read that and don't even think anything of it because we're not Jews in the first century. This is a 60-mile walk. Okay? This means this is something he was determined to do. This wasn't just, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go do this thing. I mean, if I were to say, hey, let's drive down to, to Santa Fe today and let's go have lunch together because I really like, well, I was going to say Chick-fil-A, but it ain't even open today. Dang Chick-fil-A anyway. Like, okay, well, you're really dedicated. But if I say, hey, tomorrow, let's walk to Chick-fil-A. You're like, this guy is great. Like, wow, what are you, what are you doing? Why are you going to go, I really like Chick-fil-A. Okay, he's walking a long distance. We just skip over this stuff. I think that sort of stuff just kind of, to me, jumps out. I geek out on it. But John tried to talk him out of it. And John's not his enemy. Sometimes there'll be nice, well-intentioned Christians. John's a cousin of Jesus. So sometimes even our family members will kind of try to talk you out of taking your next step. Like, oh, I don't know. Are you sure? But then you see John's inadequacy come out. He says, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you. He's correct, by the way. So why are you coming to me? I, I'm not, <laughs> I don't have what it takes. Jesus, <laughs> you need to be baptized. In me. Why, why are you coming to me? But Jesus says, it should be done. For we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. It should be done. We must carry out. I like he says, we must do this. The translation in the NLT kind of misses this. There's like a now moment. He's like, we have to do this 
Now. I'm not waiting. Anyone in here a pro- procrastinator? Come on, school started up. We're like, I got homework due tonight. I'll do it late tonight. All right, he's now. Next steps now. This is our, our mission statement at Freedom Church. Hopefully you hear me say this at least once a week, if not more. To help people take the next step in their relationship with Jesus together. Every single one of us has a next step. You want to know how you don't have another next step to take? You're not breathing. You're not alive anymore. All right. We all have a next step to take. It's different for every single one of us, but that's between you and and Jesus today. And he's saying, this is the next step. And we say, we want to help people take the next step in their relationship with Jesus together. We do these things, not in a silo, but together. And so Jesus, I like it because he says, no, me and you, John, we got to do this now, me and you together. And so John agreed. I'm so thankful in this church since we've started that we've had people from the beginning and continuing on today, they get it. They get it about next steps. One of our values is prayer first. That prayer is not a last resort. It's a first resort and we pray. We pray together. We'll pray online if we need to, but we pray. And people have been praying since day one for God to do a work in Los Alamos like we haven't seen. Where the only thing that we would say is like, no, that's God moving. He's moving in our lives and he's moving in other people's lives. And we've seen that. I, I, I'm thankful for the people who've, who've served. Because that's how Jesus, he didn't come uh, to, to, to be a... Uh, lorded over people and say, you work for me. He's, he said he came as a, sl- as a slave, as a servant. That's leadership. And so we have people um, inside the church on Sunday mornings serving like crazy, getting things set up, but even outside the church walls and going and serving our community in Los Alamos like crazy, saying this is my next step is to go serve. We have people who are getting plugged in in relationships through connect groups, which are starting, by the way. Because our church, Freedom Church, the strength of our church will be in its relationships. Because we can show up here and stay surface level, but when you decide, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to connect, take a risk and open up, you'll start learning the people around you have the same stories. They're struggling with the same stuff. And all of a sudden, there's a bond and a connection, and it takes time to do that. But we've had people getting connected and plugged in as well. And I'm so thankful for the people... One of our core values is love through generosity. For the people who have given, thank you. Thank you so much because God is using your generosity to make a difference in Los Alamos, around the world, as Stephen just shared, to buy a hot tub, a portable hot tub. Everybody's like, ooh, hot tub, let's go. But we can, we can have baptism here. Like This stuff doesn't happen without people saying, hey, I'm going to put God first. He's not going to get my leftovers. Like, if I have to go without, I'm still going to put him first and trust that he'll provide the rest. I will do that. I want to, I want to live a generous life. We don't need your money. God doesn't need your money. He doesn't want your money to have you. And so I'm, it's a trust thing. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to live generously. That's how the New Testament describes it. I'm just, I'm just going to live a generous life because my life is not about me. And the last thing that I'm so thankful for is the fact that people invest and invite. That's our mission strategy, just to love people, invest in them, just genuinely love people. People aren't a project, just 
love people. That's it. God will do the rest of the work. He'll do what we can't do. You don't have to debate anybody. You just love them. What does love require of me today? When I go to work tomorrow, what does love require of me tomorrow? To serve the other people in front of me. And you'll see God work wonders. And this is exactly what you see in the book of Acts. This community who just got the world rocked by a resurrection, they started praying together. They started serving together. They lived generously. Like the, the, the people just started selling their property and saying, hey, this person's in need. This person's in need. I'll just give you whatever you need. I'll, I want to be generous. They served together. They invested. They invited. And they changed the world. So if there's any sort of roadmap that freedom is about, yeah, I want to see us change the world, but it's just through those core values of just loving on people. We have that within us to do that. You want a closer relationship with God? You know what you need to do to do that. You want a closer connection with the people around you? You know what you need to do. And when you do these things, you see God start working miracles in your life and the people around you. And watch what happens when John obeys and takes his next step with Jesus. It says, after the baptism, so he agrees to baptize him, Jesus gets baptized, models that for us. As he came up out of the water, let me just pause right there. This is why we dunk in a little bit. We're going to dunk. He came up out of the water. The word baptism in the Greek, when you see it, means baptizo, which means to dunk or to immerse. So that's just where we get it from. And if you got baptized a different way, that's fine too. But I'm just saying, here's why we do what we do. It says, the heavens were open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. A breakthrough moment here. A very special moment where something just amazing happens here. But I want to ask a question. What had Jesus done? By the time when he got baptized, if you know anything about scripture, he hadn't done anything yet. He hadn't walked on water. He certainly hadn't completed his mission and what he came for on the, on the cross and the resurrection. I think what is fascinating here that God just says, I love you for who you are. You're my son. For those who are parents in the room, what did your kid have to do to earn your love? You just love them. You're my son. You're my daughter. Your love for who you are. Unconditionally. And I think somebody needs to hear that in the room today, whether you're not a believer and you're like, who is this God? Or you are a believer. You are simply loved for who you are. God loves you. He didn't do anything. He hadn't done anything yet. And I'm well pleased in you. Sometimes we grew up in the Christianity that was like, God's just waiting to just like strike you down. He's like, I know your list. I know all this stuff. And you're about ready to get out of here, man. And that's what you felt. And that's why we ran from church. That's, you're loved. You're loved. That's what salvation is. Why did, why did he, why did God save you? He loves you. He simply just wants a relationship with you. Oh yeah, he knows the list of stuff, but guess what? That's why he came in the first place. That's why Jesus came and said, I'm dying on the cross for all that stuff. 
You don't have to earn it. You don't have to do anything for it. It's called grace. That's the beauty of Christianity. You don't earn a thing. It's freely given. It's unconditional love. And the second reason he saved you is because he doesn't want you to sit on it. He says, I, I, I saved you because I loved you. And I saved you because I have a purpose for you. There's something in your life. You don't have what it takes. Oh, no, you do have what it takes. And there's something in there that we're going to talk about. Maybe something that you're hiding. Maybe something that you're doubting or afraid of or you're insecure about. Or you're, I, I'm just so inadequate, I can't. He's like, I'm going to actually use that to go make a difference out there. When Jesus took his next step, obedience, a breakthrough moment happened. For some of you, you're still, and believe me, I'm all for prayer, but you're still praying about it. You know what the next step is that you need to take. And kind of the, the it's the spiritual thing to say, but we know now, and deepest, I'm praying about it. I'm just praying about it. And God's saying, you've been praying about it long enough. Let's go do it together. Now, I didn't come all the way down here to put this off for another time. You didn't come here today to put this off for another week. The best time to take your next step with Jesus, now. And so today, as we transition to baptism, that's what we're going to celebrate we have three people who want to take their next step with Jesus by going public with their faith and getting baptized. And so baptism, as we teach it, is, is a symbol of, of someone saying, I got saved. doesn't earn you any more points in heaven. God still loves you. It's like, okay, get the NFL season. Anyone excited for some football? I am. I am. Okay, it's okay. You can. Well, I guess you guys are Cowboys and Broncos fans, so maybe you're not. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's going to get me some emails. Sorry, Lily. Um, <laughs> it's like them putting on the jersey to say, this is the team I'm playing for now. This is, this is the brand I represent and so they're still, they're, they're still football players, but they're saying, I'm associated with this team. And so when people are getting baptized, it's like putting on the jersey, saying, I'm associated with Jesus. This is a Jesus moment. This is for all of us. I mean, for them, spiritually between them, but God may be saying, hey, look at them taking the courage in front of all you people to take their next step, and you have a next step. When we do this together, we can change the world. You can change the world. And so that's my prayer, that in these moments that God will continue to speak to you. Um, I want to have a time, though, of prayer before we do this. Because every time I meet at Freedom Church, we made it a goal of ours to say, hey, you may have come in here wondering, am I right with God? If I leave here today and I were to die, would I be in heaven? And that may be a real burden on you. I remember it being a burden on me. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to leave here wondering. 
And so I want to just, everybody, if you would just uh, bow your heads with me, close your eyes, and have a moment of, of prayer. But I want to give you an opportunity to respond if God's saying, hey, I want to start a relationship with you today. Father, I pray that you would continue to do today and even this week to do what you, only you can do, which is just speak to our hearts with how much you love us. To, to let us know about the grace that you just want to give out to everyone. And it's there. It just has to be received. It's a gift. It can't be earned. And so, Father, in these moments, I pray you speak directly to our souls. And maybe today is your day. Maybe today is your time to nail it down. And there's no better time than right now to nail it down. You don't have to leave here wondering. You can just simply say, my next step is my first step with Jesus. I've never had a relationship with him. I've known about this Jesus guy, but I want to live my life for him. And you can do that right now. Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.